wants to tell us about OGCAM. So, because uh, we, you know, over here on the state side, we don't get to hear much about it. So, who wants to tell us about it? Popey, you want to start? Boom, boom, I think so. Popey should start. Okay. I'm an OGCAM newbie. All right, Popey. You've been going for what, since... during the show or pre-show? Oh well, I mean, if you talk about it right now, we'll include it in the show. <laughs> so it'll be actually uh, in the show. So um, it's got a really ridiculous name, Old Camp, but um, it came about in 2009 when uh, the Lug Radio Live stopped happening, uh, and the the people who ran Ubuntu UK podcast and Linux Outlaws. So that's you know all the. Fabian Scheschel, mm-hmm. Dan Lynch, myself, yep. Laura, Tony, and so on. We we all uh, wanted to continue having a UK-based uh, free culture, right. free software, you know, uh, unconference type thing. So when you say uh, – this is something I've wondered. When you say culture, <clears throat> is that like uh, Creative Commons music and things like that? Or what does culture kind of mean? Yeah, it can mean that. It can mean anything. It can mean electronics. It Maker could mean, stuff. And- yeah, pr- yeah, exactly. I mean, it's evolved into some of that as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the, fir- at the first one, we had someone who was doing analysis of people's psychology by the way they draw a picture of a pig or something awesome. as a presentation. Awesome. Um, that sounds really this, fun. This year, a few years later, we had a teletype that would print out anything that you tweet at it, which was brilliant. You know, it's like a, a full-on mix of technology from the 1950s and technology from now. You know, being able to tweet at a at a right. thing that would print your your tweets out for for forevermore. Uh, the Linux Voice guys were there. Uh, loads of other people doing uh, exhibition stuff. There was a. Uh, there was loads of kids there. Uh, people who came along to the uh, to the event brought their children along, and it's a safe environment for people to bring their children. I gave a presentation about Ubuntu Phone while kids were eating their lunch and walking Booing in the I background. Was, yeah, I Booing. was just step, step over them, yeah, yeah. having to step over them I while did. I was giving my presentation. But it was all fine. It was all you know. That it, sounds really neat. And you were saying it's, earlier, it's a really friendly atmosphere. It's about four hundred or so people, right, or in that range. Uh, it depends each year, but yeah, yeah it, it can it can vary between about two hundred and four hundred. And uh, it, you know that's a that's a really good size where it's it's big enough where you can still meet new people for sure, but see people that you, you like. This is kind of like your chance to see them again. And uh, you know the other thing is uh, we are about to today. We're going to talk about all this internet drama, right? And I'll tell you one thing that I cannot put a value on quite right yet, but. Something that I have noticed every time I go to one of these conferences, Linux Fest or OSCON or uh, whatever, sometimes I walk away with something I didn't expect at all. Like uh, this last time, I made two really great contacts at OSCON that I'm still talking to them and we're developing some new show ideas that are really exciting that I didn't go to OSCON expecting that to happen at all. They walked up to me at the conference right. and we started a dialogue. And uh, same thing like, uh, you know, like I really, the only time I ever get to see Blaster is when when we're at a conference and it has the side effect of kind of re-energizing people creatively and refocusing them on the actual work like the social interaction you walk away from that with a new vigor for the mission and i think so often like we're going to talk about the drama today uh, I think so often that is the lacking piece is that we as human beings are not particularly good at this form of communication over a long period. We can use it to fill in gaps, but there is something about that physical meat space that I and I, I as some and the reason why I think this is a big deal is because I was somebody who thought that was crap for a really long time. I thought technology was finally going to flatten the world and solve this problem. You know, I thought webcams and Google Hangouts and Skype and all of that 
would solve this, right. but it, it it is not still quite the same. You know, the, the video helps, but there's just something about like going to an event, working together for the event, being there as a group. Uh, you know, all of the effort that's involved with that, that the 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 mass amount of all working together that happens right in that moment that sort of reconnects uh, that 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 work ethic and all of those things. It's that's it's it's almost an intangible value, but it's so important. And uh, I'm having a meal with someone too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and project and project stuff. At conferences like that, I know I know at least two projects which are in embryonic stage that have resulted out of conversations at our camp. Stuart Language talked about having a a portable device in your pocket that you could use for giving presentations. He's called it Splinter, <laughs> um, and he started a whole project around developing a device that so you don't have to carry your laptop to a, uh, oh, a conference. You just plug it into a project, plug this device into a projector, and then use your phone to wirelessly cast your presentation. Hold on and now, that, hold on now. He's uh, now he's talk, now he's stepping on Ubuntu Touch. That's what I want my Ubuntu Touch device to do. <laughs> well, it could <laughs> give me totally HDMI out, Pope, and I'm good. <laughs> and, and, then, and then we have. Had a, a guy from uh, Mozilla, James Hugman. He's a oh, fantastically yeah. lovely guy. Yeah. He was talking about um, the offline world and going completely offline, and uh, you know how how someone in a remote village in the middle of nowhere manages to keep in contact with people in the next village or people around the world, and how we should enable offline access to information and uh, mm. and services. It, so, and, and these are things so, that I just would not have thought of going to. Right. Right. So, so to dovetail with that, Popey, I've I've been exchanging emails and had long conversations with James as a result of meeting him at Og Camp, because the extreme offline, being in a remote rural location where you're connected to the internet by a shortwave radio, means that I have some experience in how you right. get online. Actually, he and was I've asking been, about that, and and I yeah. I looked around to find you in the in the presentation when he when he was talking <laughs> about that. Yeah, no, I caught I, I went to see his second his second presentation and had a chat with him afterwards, and I've put him in touch with the people that I worked with, and also is um no he's not in here uh, Colonel Linux, uh, you know was talking about the Microtech devices and how they have all of the bits of that you know that jigsaw that can be fit fitted yeah. together to yeah. solve this problem. Yep. That yeah. is uh, that is uh, particularly uh, the I I that I want to he gave me one of those and uh, yeah, he but he gave it to me right when I was doing the studio move and I put it in a box somewhere and it's so damn small I cannot find it but that's what I, I think I want to do for my firewall here at the studio but I'm still I don't know PF sense I just don't know and just just one last follow up from yeah. the um, Og Camp thing yep. there you were asking about the free culture up front I'm yeah. just about to post it into the IRS oh okay now okay. There were these guys there, Peppertop, and they make um, Creative Commons uh, sci-fi web comics. Oh, this and is great! I had a good long chat with them. They make really good quality material, and the best bit was is they went, "Ah, oh, you're a Mate developer. We use Mate for our entire workflow." No way! <laughs> and they were wow. all in the front row of my presentation, all, all smiling and beaming away. <laughs> this brilliant. is nice. great. This is really, really. Are they, so they're, are they doing like this with Inkscape and all that? Or? Yeah, yeah. Oh the whole gosh. thing is open source, top to bottom, and all of the um, assets are freely available. So the other thing I was helping them with was sorting out their hosting because they need large scale storage and lots of bandwidth to distribute this stuff. Jeez, I bet. Maybe they should talk to Alan too. Uh, and they're the guys that do the comic <laughs> in um, Linux Voice as well. This is uh, this is really see this is that that's exactly kind of what I was thinking, and that's fun because um, I think as Linux gets 
I don't know if boring, but you know, as the desktop gets boring, um, I've been trying to, I've been in last trying to shift the discussion not to so much about like stats and features about Linux and why Linux is better than Windows and all of that, but more about okay, well, let's just assume you're on Linux now for a reason, and you ha- everybody has their own reason. Now, what what the hell can you do with it, right? And this is, like, I would love to get these guys on last and talk to them because, like, I think I want to show showcase in the Linux Action Show more. This is what Linux can enable you to do. And if you thought you couldn't do this on Linux before, well, now you can. And it, it's hit and miss. Like, I try, to, I try to put a little bit of into each segment a little bit, it's, but I'd really like to showcase it more. I, I can totally put you in touch because they're, they're actually going to write an article for the Mate desktop to explain how they're using the Mate desktop oh, cool. and why they've chosen to use it to a, as an essential part of their workflow. Um, but the, the flip side of this is that um, the Ubuntu Mate project, something that I'm working on at the moment, is precisely what you've just described. Once you've got this Linux computer in front of you, what do you use it for? Mm-hmm. So I'm starting to curate something that looks like an app store but there's no money involved and it's for people that are familiar with the app store content to have web installable apps and content so Popey and I discussed this idea of a trimmed down version of the software center with just those essential app picks that describe if you want a tool to do vector graphics then you click the Inkscape icon don't tease me do not do this to me don't do this to me come on guys don't do this the follow on from that is a content section which links you to uh, Creative Commons albums, books, yes. comics, yes, art, comics, yes, please, please, so, oh my, you are blowing my cash. mind right now. You know that GIF with the guy with his with the fireworks in his mind? That's me right now. That is, I, uh, I have, I have never understood why we do not have some of that stuff in, in a Linux store like this. I am, oh my gosh, this is. Oh. But it's not a store. It's just it looks like an app right, store. Right. It's yes. just it's just a w- way to discover stuff. And every week we'll announce one new thing. So a new application one week, a new album the next week, a book the week after that. Uh, the, the fundamental some thing, or something uh, like that. You know, the thing that I use an app store for, or we got to come up with a different term, really. But the the, the thing that I use uh, these sort of app stores for is really is the discovery, like. All right, I've sort of played with my stuff. I kind of want to see if something's new. And honestly, for a long time, I did use well, not a long for a few for a while. I used the Software Center like that, and that is one of the things I find more appealing on iOS than Android. Although, don't freak out because if you want to hear my thoughts on Android, go listen to this week's Quarter Radio. L is awesome, but in iOS, like I can pop open that App Store, and they they do really good at that curation. And I just look at the curated ones. I'm like, yeah, that looks good enough. Pop, and I grab it. And I used to do that in the Software Center. But it it doesn't need to be it doesn't need to be a quote unquote app. It could it would be awesome if it was a comic book. Like I was looking at uh, the uh, Monsters Inked or uh, uh, that one of the comics that you know you just linked us to Wimpy, and I was thinking, gosh, you know, I'd like yeah. to read this with my son. I would like to be able to go on download a, a, a something that the. Uh, okay, I want to back up. So I'm a big believer in you should put your money where your vote is, and I think sometimes we get all worked up about Netflix on Linux and uh, you know Rip and Blu-ray and and all this stuff. And and in my opinion, it's like we, what we really need to do is just stop buying it. We have to just it's it's a bad habit. It has been manufactured to make us want it using a, a combination of the, the the best abilities of of Hollywood to make this stuff combined with the best marketing in the world, literally in the world, right? And so it is very enticing, and I totally understand that because I like this stuff too. But if you really want DRM to start up, 
you have to stop buying their stuff, period. End of story. And the thing is, is there is a lot of good Creative Commons music. There is a lot of good work out there that is free that people are giving away. Just, just like in podcasts where people are downloading you know, TV shows and movies, and meanwhile podcast content creators are giving away their content for free that is absolutely legal for you to use that you can redistribute. Just like in podcasts, the same thing is true in, in video series. There are people making TV shows online that are completely creative commons and free. There are people making music and books and, and audio books and comic books, and it's, we do not do a good job of exposing it. There are websites out there, but they're not very popular, and they're often not very well designed either, and they're search usually sucks. So what you're saying right now is you're going to try to solve some of that and put it in a nice application on my Linux desktop? On a, on a website. On a website that's oh, part okay. of the Ubuntu Mate website. So how do you trigger like a... Would there, so would it just be like a downloading well, of a dev? Quite, it, it could yeah, quite the, easily be a, yeah, a, a, a contained website within a, within a view and then you download a deb or could do the that. content that, yeah, the, or content, the, the content that's easily unpackable. Yeah, it could be a zip file with a bunch of MP3s in it. It doesn't have to be a deb. Yeah, I got yeah, you. I just put a link in the chat room to Brad Sucks. He is basically an artist. Who <laughs> Brad Sucks. Has, have a, yeah, he ha, he's an artist who uh, has a lot, all, all of his music, he claims it as open source because you can actually rearrange the tracks if you want to. And I, you know, I, I just take this moment to point out that the Jupiter Broadcasting shows are Creative Commons share alike with attribution. Yeah, there you go, easy. I don't yeah. know if people know, but there it is. I think uh, Wimpy's being rather conservative, saying new content once a week. I think you could quite easily oh, uh, yeah. up the, up the rotation, and you know, have a, a comic on Monday, a audio file on a Tuesday, a, a, an application on a Wednesday. You know, you could you could certainly theme each day of the week, even if you only did it for you the could. five working days. Yeah, you I, could quite could. easily find and, and, five and the categories. Thing is, is in order to do that, I'm going to have to get some community involvement. Yeah, in how order would you to do, that? do that? How could well, you? Is there a, is there a way to make? Uh, you know, like it seems like in this day and age, you, you could almost there should be a way where if something was requested enough or submitted enough or something like that, that it would maybe pop up on a list and then you could approve it or something, right? There seems like there should be a system. It could be curated. Yeah, yeah. it can be. I mean, I've been using the community to get give me direction on where the project's going already by holding votes and polls on decisions about what should be default applications, default settings, and things of that nature. And what I'm thinking is using, because the, the community's growing quite rapidly, is actually asking them, Tell me about some of your favourite Creative Commons music, TV, podcasts, books, comics, and actually using them to, to get the ideas. But the whole Ubuntu Mate website is all Markdown, and it's all rendered oh, yeah. using oh, a, yeah. a conversion script. So you don't need people that are super techie in order to right. actually right. add content to the website. Right. So um, I'm hoping that I'll be able to uh, open that up so that they can actually add the content. Gosh, you guys are speaking my language right now. This is awesome. This is really freaking exciting. It's not coming this release though. <laughs> Just yeah, it's yeah. after after fourteen ten. This this idea. Welcome to Linux Unplugged, your weekly Linux talk show that is powered by an inappropriate amount of Snapple tea. My name is Chris, and my name is Matt. Hey there, Matt. I hope you brought your wine and cheese for this week's episode, because there's a little drama in today's show. 
And I know, I know how I you seem are. to be a magnet for that lately. I know so how you okay. are uh, about the drama. It's you're like your favorite thing ever, right? It's like you. Oh uh, yeah, I love right. it. Yeah, yeah. All right, you uh, keep a little log of all the drama that's going on, so you can check back up on it. Because what you like to do, Matt, is spend a lot of time and energy on it, right? No, yeah, okay, oh, absolutely. I can't. Uh, apparently, that's what I do. Uh, no, <laughs> it seems like I'm drawn into I, it. I don't know if we're going to be able to accomplish my goal today. But I want to discuss some of the things that are going on in the Linux community that, from the outside, might look like we're ripping apart. Uh, and maybe we could talk a little bit about uh, what we think we could do differently. And maybe we'll talk a little bit about if this really is a problem from the top, as it has recently been put by Mr. Pottering, that sometimes the fish rots from the head down. Is that really true? Can we blame all of the recent drama on Mr. Torvalds? We'll discuss that as well. Plus, we've got some news we're going to get to, and as always, some feedback. So, uh, Matt, we are armed to bear with a huge mumble room today. Hey, mumble room, how you guys doing? Everybody just say hi. It's going to be nuts for a second. Just say hi. Just go. Hello. Hello. Now, that's kind of musical. That was almost kind of beautiful. That was, yeah. Had a yeah. You guys have been hanging out oh, way oh, too oh. much. That was way... That was, <laughs> you guys harmonized. What the hell? All right. So uh, our first email comes in this week from uh, viewer Mark. And uh, Mark writes in and he says, uh, I had a uh, suggestion for that mumble room. Now, this is totally optional, guys. So we're going to start with this. This is just kind of uh, putting this out there. But Mark suggests a distro for the community to review. It's called Play Linux. It is a distribution that is entirely designed for gamers. You can find it at play-linux.com. He thought it'd be good for the unplugged group to go through this one. And um, so I checked it out a little bit. I'll pull it up if you're watching the video version here. It uh, First of all, it has a really interesting website design compared to like most Linux distributions. Uh, <laughs> it's really well done. I mean, to me, it looks like it's directly appealing to folks that have heard about this Linux thing. It can play Steam. And right here at the beginning, you get you know, an Ubuntu logo, a game controller logo, and their logo. And it makes it pretty simple. So Mumble Room. Uh, I know not all of you are big gamers. Is this something you'd be interested in trying? Does anybody want to step up and say, yeah, I'd take a look at Play Linux? Yeah, sure. All right. One I, 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 just poke my, in it, yeah. My reaction would be this is the dumbest idea ever. Right. So that's fine. <laughs> if that's what you I, think, that's, that's yeah, fair. You have to agree there, Popey. Yeah. I agree. So we have Eric and Popey willing to check it out. Uh, all right, so it uses... No, no, I'm willing, I'm willing to say this is the dumbest idea. Oh, don't ever. check it out. All right, so here's what... I'll just tell you a little <laughs> bit about it. It uses Cinnamon for the desktop. Uh, and it's, it's basically like it's Mint, because it's using MDM, the Mint desktop yeah. manager for the login. comes with Spotify. It comes with their own installer for Skype and a few other of their own tools. I, it, it looks like they're integrating some of their own tools with it, though. So there could be some, some uniqueness. No, going once... Uh, you know, they had well, me until I realized they had LibreOffice installed. Why the hell would you have LibreOffice on a gaming distro? <laughs> oh, <laughs> ouch, ouch. Well, I'm just, I'm just saying. I mean, I was, I was like, okay, I'm feeling it. I'm flowing. What? Wait, what now? And they kind of lost me at that uh, point. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I got one thing. Okay. I, I, to me, this seems hmm. like another partition I'm going to have to put on my drive to have another thing to <laughs> yeah, dual okay. boot to. Why on earth would I want to do that when I'm right. trying to stop doing that? I guess, yeah, yeah. if you're going to have a dedicated... Linux yeah. installation for gaming, you might just go Steam OS, right? Steam is stupidly yeah. easy to install. Right? Why would you even bother? And then like, if you the were going to use, if you were going to use the installation for much else, you'd probably just go with straight Linux. 
So, well, and I think it depends on the point in time you're installing Steam and what tool you're using to install it. Because I mean, there's certainly been some history there. I, but um, these days, I would say yes. I, although I'm not, I'm not as critical of the idea as you guys are. I actually think giving folks a really clear path for landing when they're coming to Linux to game is a pretty good mm-hmm. idea. You know, one of the things we discovered when working with our buddy Chase and getting him to switch over to Linux was for him. I and I just I I still am kind of gobsmacked by this, but for him. The big barrier was there was too many distros, and he didn't want to pick the wrong one. And to me, and just just from my light trolling of Linux underscore gaming on Reddit, it seems like about once a week or so, there's somebody that comes in and says, hey, what's the best distro for gaming? And so oh, if there yeah. was something we could just say, go get this, it's based on Ubuntu 14.04, it comes pre-installed with a Skype installer and all the stuff you need, uh, it has cinnamon, Seriously, so it looks a would, lot like Windows you 7. recommend... Ubuntu over Steam OS. Well, if they wanted to do anything else besides game. Right? Like, if they wanted to use it as a desktop OS. But if they wanted to use it as a desktop, why don't they just go straight up, like, straight up Ubuntu? Well, I, I mean, yes, obviously. But that's if... Right. Or any but, other distro, But I'm talking about people that are going to be trying to discover this on their own. They're not going to have, like, you know, the host of Linux Action Show to ask what distro to install, right? They're going to have to so go find it- out on their own. So you're saying that you have someone really that's – their gaming's their primary focus. Anything else is basically secondary, but this is basically yeah. mostly for gaming. Yeah, okay. you know, because then okay. – you know, and plus, I mean, I want to also make it clear. I think some of it's a little smoke and mirrors. Like, yeah, this yeah. is a distro optimized for gaming, so go get it, <laughs> gamer, because it's optimized when right. really it's just right. Linux, right. right? But, you know, yeah, it's a little bit of marketing. Yeah, it's a little marketing too because we want to make Linux look yeah. like an awesome place to switch to. So if we have a distro yeah, sure. that's optimized for gaming, yeah, that might work. I think they have we, some cool ideas with uh, having Wine and Wine Tricks and Play Linux all installed at the same time, like yeah. for you. Yeah. That that'd be nice. Yeah. But I think the the distro um, method is not practical. If they just did like a package, you could install yeah. all these at once, and it did it for you. That would be awesome. Now, Wimpy yeah. brings up a good point. Oh, uh, yeah. Go ahead, Wimpy. Oh uh, right, hang on. I'll just hit return again. Um, yeah, I, I was curious. Are you allowed to redistribute Steam? So if you've created your um, distribution and you install Steam before it's done its unpacking, you know, downloading, unpacking, are you allowed to redistribute that? As I understand it, yes. Yeah, I, did uh, this, they specifically? This was by yeah. all the other distros when when Steam came out and there was a big brouhaha that it was all about Ubuntu and they would recommend Ubuntu. Every other distro got a little bit butt hurt. And they asked uh, Valve if it was okay for them to redistribute Steam, and the general answer is yeah. I actually muck about with it. So, no, actually, I think Valve I'm, even updated the EULA to reflect that, didn't they? I'm right, not exactly. About redistributing it in repositories, I mean actually a distribution pre-installed with that little download yeah, installer I, gizmo. You don't yeah, need to. Though. All you need is the. Though. You just need the stub, and you're done. Because well, it doesn't matter when to. you make the ISO. Yeah. Is Valve going to put out yeah. an update? Yeah, <laughs> that is so. Them, like, so, like right now, the time you, it takes you to download the m- ISO. Most of the time in Arch, when I install Steam from the repository, Steam launches and then just does a self-update, and then it like pulls down the Ubuntu yeah. environment and all that. Uh, um, I think well, Thorne said earlier, why does it have um, why does it have a what is it called again, LibreOffice? Yeah, it's probably yeah. because of the tagline. That's true, and I guess it's something people hmm. recognize. Okay. Includes Office. Sure. I guess it's a checkbox thing. Okay, Spotify. no, I so can get behind Spotify that. again. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, final yeah. call. Does anybody interested in giving this? Eric, you seem like you might be interested, right? I might t- take. Do you have a Do you have a machine to load it on? I mean, if you don't, if you don't want to, you don't have to. It's totally voluntary. 
Go- nah, I, I can't easily use Clonezilla to swap out a partition. No big deal. Oh, you you know, we should do a segment on that. All right, so anybody else yeah. interested yeah. in reviewing this? Anybody? Going once, going twice. <laughs> All right, Eric, I'll leave it. If you feel like doing it, no pressure, but if you feel like doing it and want to come back next week and tell us about it and let us know how it went, I'd be really curious because right. I, I actually don't think it's that bad of an idea as long as they get it right. Uh, all right, so Fake Moth wants to get us all fired up. You know, we haven't had okay. – Microsoft just isn't the boogeyman it used to be. So no, really. how about we tell you a little tale of government corruption and uh, Microsoft buying off folks to get, uh, to get you know, well, to do what they do best, sell more software and get people hooked. But uh, before we get to that, I want to tell you about our first sponsor this week, and that's the great folks over at Ting. Go to linux.ting.com, so that way Linux Unplugged Show gets a little bit of credit for your visit, and you get a $25 credit on your Ting account if you have a compatible phone. And if you don't have a phone yet, well, they'll take $25 off your first phone. I'll talk about that more here in just a second. Linux.ting.com. Everybody go there right now. Linux.ting.com. It's my mobile service provider and Matt's mobile service provider. And I think after all of this time, the thing that really stands out about Ting is really the huge savings has come in paying for what I use. I'm not at my two-year mark yet, but it is truly unbelievable to see the savings difference by switching to Ting. So I have three phones. I have an iPhone 5, I have an HTC One, and a Nexus 5 all on my Ting account. And two of the phones get heavy usage. One of the phones, well, one of them's Rikai. It doesn't get a lot of usage. But, oh, Rikai, I'm just teasing. Uh, (laughs) He's all on the Wi-Fi, that's why. Actually, Rikai uses it a ton, but he uses it on Wi-Fi. This is, by the way, a huge advantage to Ting. Because if you are, like, at an office place or at home where you have Wi-Fi most of the time, why are you paying for data and minutes that you hardly use? Just in case you might go over that sounds like a scam to me. And that's where Ting is different. You only pay for your usage. It's a flat $6 a month for your line. That just gets you the line right there. That's unbelievable, just starting there. And then it's just your minutes, your messages, and your megabytes. Individually, whatever you use, Ting just adds it up at the end of the month. Whatever bucket you fall into is what you pay. So for me, for three lines, for three smartphones, it's like 40 something dollars on average right now. I don't know. I actually, it's, it's literally low enough that I just, I don't care. Like, if it was in the hundreds, I absolutely would care. And and because I'm still, like, still looking back from when I had a traditional mobile carrier where I was paying, like, $140 after taxes a month, the fact that I'm paying $100 less a month, it, it blows my mind. I, and on top of that, if that wasn't enough, then you have Ting's customer service. They have a no-hold customer service if you call them between 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. on business days. You just call them at one eight five five ting ftw and a real human being actually answers the phone. But the best part is these human beings are like smartphone geeks that Ting has hired because they love smartphones. Like these are the people that in their family and friends and community groups, they were the tech person. So Ting hires them to come do their tech support. So then you end up talking to somebody who likely knows Android better than you do. Yeah, I know. I don't mean to offend, but it's very likely. I'm talking these are enthusiasts. That's genius. But for me, because I'm a busy guy and I usually don't get to this stuff until late at night when everybody's asleep and it's way after business hours, well, they give me the tools to make sure I have control over my account. Ting has an awesome dashboard with a great heads-up display that gives you, like, fuel usage so you can see, like, your minutes and your messages and your megabytes all right there. And not only that, but Ting will be like, hey, bro, this was your average last month. And this is kind of where you're trending at right now. Here's your highs. Here's your lows. This is where we think you might be. There's, and it's brilliant. It is absolutely brilliant. And right there in the Ting dashboard, I can turn a device on or off. I love that aspect of Ting. So here's what I want you to do. Go to linux.ting.com right now. Click on that savings calculator. Put your actual 
cellular usage in there. You know what you actually use. And click that calculate savings right there. I'm just saying, you might be surprised at the amount of money you could save. You'll likely be able to buy a laptop every two years by switching to Ting. And right now over on the Ting blog, they have their another Ting contributor's top five app picks. Ooh, Ooh, I'll have to tell Angie about Map My Walk. Ooh, they have some wow. good ones over. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. We see, see you have somebody a little. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. So go over there. You go to linux.ting.com and check out the blog. They have another top five app picks. And by the way, if you've been kind of on the fence about switching to Ting, they're moving warehouses. They're getting a bigger facility. And while they move, they're like, uh, we really would rather not move these devices. If you would like to buy them, we will sell them really cheap. And so they have a great deal. Like, uh, on like the notes and even the feature phones. It's some incredible savings. And remember, if you go to linux.ting.com, you're going to get a $25 discount. So uh, go check them out right now. And they're also now uh, taking the iPhone 5S and 5C. So if you've got an extra one of those now, you can move it over to Ting and get a $25 credit. Linux.ting.com. And a huge thank you to Ting for sponsoring the Linux Unplugged Show. Okay, so you ready for this uh, Microsoft uh, corruption story, as it were? Uh, Fake Moth sends this in. He says, hello, I'm a big fan of Lass and TechSnap here in Romania. You know, the country that has gigabit Ethernet speeds every house for years because their ISPs all use Unix. Well, it (laughs) seems no one is paying attention. So this is going to be a long email because he's got to get the word out. In fact, he expresses his frustration that nobody's talking about this. I've been working in the IT field for 10 plus years, and I'm very passionate about technology and open source. The problem is I consider myself a moral person. And for years, it's sickened me to work in corporate IT sales. I know I'm avoiding this area, but he says it's hell, and doing anything else in IT is also hell. (laughs) He seems to have a hard time with IT, but... (laughs) He says, I've been watching something from afar that I've been witnessing with my own eyes that is driving me crazy. Microsoft is buying out our government. It's a whole food chain, make no mistake. The problem started back in 2001 when Romania began buying equipment and licenses for the education department. Since then, all other institutions like the police, the Justice Department, the Army, everyone also then started buying Microsoft licenses at 200 to 300 percent of the market price and more licenses than computers they had to run them hundreds of thousands of licenses windows licenses client access licenses office licenses sql license simply put instead of paying less for education and government or at least for the high volume they were buying romania paid at least double the highest regular price on the market why simple corruption now the USA and the Roma- Romanian DNA, which stands for National Agency Against Corruption. I don't know why they don't put the C in there. I guess they just like DNA as the acronym. They have discovered an offshore account through which the payments have been made to various Romanian officials, allegedly by Microsoft, because all of them have been tracked back to the U.S. Microsoft headquarters. Uh, also, Fujitsu and Siemens seem to be in on it. So perhaps that's where the hardware sales are going. He says, I'm surprised that the international press doesn't talk much about this. We're talking about tens of millions of euros lost by the state. Around 30 millions are only on the provable bribes, on the provable ones. He says, the huge benefits for Microsoft and their local partners, uh, mainly Sevco, are licenses bought even though when it wasn't necessary to do so. He says, thanks for the great shows. Keep them going. Best wishes, Fake Moth from Romania. So uh, anybody surprised by this? And how can open source ever compete with that? 
How can that oh, ever it's happen? Hat. It's old hat. I'll yeah. toss it. They're to more blatant you. over overseas, though. You know. Well, that's so, Daredevilin. I'd like to get your European perspective on this. So uh, the first thing I would say is this is most likely actually something the Romanian government wants to be able to have a justification to increase their actually hardware. To start with, that's so. That's oh, interesting. The first one. We and have the all these licenses one, now. Let's buy the hardware to use them. Yes, so it Just is backwards. a process of, of technology modernization. Okay. A lot of governments actually do this. All right. And then I don't think it will actually be a long-term pro- uh, a problem because Romania is going in, uh, through the process uh, of being more integrated with the rest of the European Union. The result is there is going to be more tighter controls. So get that money. Yes, you're doing that. But also notice some of this money is not necessarily coming only from Romanian people. It's coming from all European services. But eventually it will kind of standardize and put them in equal footing. So we've seen this in the past and things eventually worked out. So it's kind of like uh, they're, they're, uh, they're taking advantage of the situation while they can. But in the end, it'll kind of wa- it'll all wash out. Yes, I think it's unavoidable because people not only get tired, yeah. it's also that time that uh, Microsoft no longer has the play it had. Yeah, that's very true. Or and, and, and you know, they really no longer have uh, a lot of the same arguments they had. Uh, the big one used to be office interoperability. It was, it was unquestionable that if you were in – this is just from my experience in contracting in the Seattle area, so this may be a little skewed, but in my, in, in my recollection – when you were a business, there was an assumed cost with every PC, Mac or Windows, that it, you would have to buy Office because you had to be interoperable. That's no longer really the case with LibreOffice's converters working very well and Google Docs and Office 365 even. Just that right there has fundamentally undermined their relevancy because it changes the conversation from unquestionable, it's associated with the cost of buying a new PC, to do we? It changes. It just changes the dialogue to. Do we really need this? I don't know if we need this for this station. That right there is huge. I, I and it's just going to continue, unless of course Windows Ten will turn it all around. I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bernardo writes Lol. in, and uh, he he. You know, I I I didn't I didn't roll this story in because I figured everybody's going to think Chris is an arch fanboy, so I avoided even talking about this. Plus, you know. Statistics and all of that. But Bernardo writes in and just points it out and wonders if it's a trend. He says, hello, Chris. Hello, Matt. You probably already noticed this, but I read an article on Pharonix in which it says that Arch Linux is about to overtake Ubuntu's first pretend, uh, position in the benchmark usage. So, i.e., distributions that are running the open benchmark software. Uh, right now, Ubuntu has been dominant. Now, here is the interesting thing, though. This, who knows, right? But if you look at this chart, that's actually kind of telling in a sense. Uh, and I don't, it's for those of you not watching the video version, uh, it's, it is unmistakable that as the Ubuntu decline has been in there, uh, the arch is increased. Now, what, what, what do you think we are to take from this? Is it perhaps folks who are benchmarking their machines have more custom builds, so they've sort of migrated to Arch. See, I would disagree with that to an extent, but that seems like it's a potential answer. Any, Matt, do you have any any theories right off the top of your head on this? Not really. It's one of those things I would want to watch more and dive deeper into before I start inserting myself on that, but um, it's definitely something to keep an eye on. Yeah, I, I wonder if it's... What I wonder is... Uh, if it really is indicative of anything. I think the only way you could say it is is if you saw several other kinds of trends 
where other sites and other things are observing the same thing. I think for benchmarks in particular, that's a hard one. That's... That seems like well, something that particularly arch folks, because a lot you're going to have a lot of folks that are building a custom rig, right? And then they want to they want to get the most out of that. They're going to want the latest kernel and all of that stuff. So it seems like they would skew more towards arch. Now, that kind of supports my theory that perhaps arch is becoming the the new distro of the more advanced Linux user, the more long term experienced Linux user. Right. Uh, I don't know anybody well, anybody else have any other thoughts on this? No? All right. Well, I do. I yeah. have one yeah. thought before. All right. Okay, go ahead, just Matt. A, Give it to Matt, and then we'll I, go to Wimby Just real next. quick, I was going to tell you that, uh, you know, if you stop and think about it, 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 benchmarking is a lot like trying to measure a river with a ruler or a yardstick. Um, theoretically, you can do it, but you might not get always get the most accurate results, especially depending on which end of the uh, river you happen <laughs> to be measuring from. So, um, you know, there's a lot of truth to that. And I think we're kind of looking at the same thing. It's one of these things to where it can become an absolute thing real quick. And I'm not real clear yeah, yeah. Oh, that sure. we have all the details yet. So, yeah, ahead, but that sounds like an Alaskanism. I like that, Matt. Uh, Wimpy. Oh, absolutely. Alaskanism. I like it. <laughs> Wimpy, you were going to make a point, and then I'll go to Popey next. Yeah, I was just going to say that if you were into doing benchmarks, then Arch Linux is a sensible platform to run your benchmarks on because you've always got the latest stuff. You've got the latest kernel, the latest file system user space, the latest drivers, the latest X. So if you want to see what's changing and what's improving, then doing it on Arch would be the platform to use because it's low barrier of entry to actually get the latest stuff. Okay. All right. That seems like a pretty plausible explanation. Popey, do you have any thoughts? I can imagine that there's certainly some Ubuntu users who run benchmarks on their system, but I, but I would imagine the typical Arch Linux user is the kind of person also who would run benchmarks. I don't know whether they've got something to prove or whether they just... <laughs> they're measuring you know, something? They're measuring something, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Oh, uh, I but see right. I would imagine Ouch. that there is a significant number of Ubuntu users who don't measure yeah. the benchmark it's interesting so though right i think it's it kind of it kind of depends on what you're who you're coming from like uh it's a self-selecting well yes it is you're right in the in the, in the grand scheme point. yeah because really though there is value in benchmarking on ubuntu if you're trying to see what the average linux consumer quote-unquote is going to experience but zero log he wants to come in and say you guys are all wrong arch isn't an advanced users distro so perhaps zero lock is our theory bogus bogus bubkis well the the thing is you know, we we always make uh, Arch out to be this this advanced distro right. people who have experience in right, yeah, uh, in yeah. Unix systems, but really it, it's not really an advanced distro as much as it is a distro for somebody who wants to learn or really knows about their system or wants an easy button for new software. Experience. You Actually, know, some people want the just works, and yeah. other people want to to well, tinker with stuff. So here's here's where Arch is actually in a lot of ways for lazy noobs. The AUR. Okay, let's not kid ourselves. What the AUR is all about is getting the latest software without having to download the tar.gz, go in there, make it, make install, right? Let's be honest. That's what the AUR is about. It's about making it super easy to get the software I want because I want it right now. Now, where you need to be an advanced user to use Arch is these burnout stories we hear about. Uh, And so this is our next topic, actually. Uh, Gabriel3 wrote on the subreddit, Has anyone else left Arch for another distro? And which is your after Arch distro? Because I after the, he says he took the Arch challenge, and after that, he burned out and switched to OpenSUSE. And his problem has been not in building software and installing it, because that's easy under Arch. His problem has been keeping it running. That seems to be where maybe expertise and past experience play a key role in using Arch. And that does seem like the type of user who also would be benchmarking. 
So I kind of agree with this theory overall. I don't think it indicates any kind of usage trend other than maybe more advanced users are using Arch more than they used to. And the fact that the two lines are kind of, I mean, I think it might suggest that's a possibility, but I don't think it means it. Uh, yeah. So uh, here's what he Thanks wrote. I want to get into uh, Gabriel's post, and let's kick this around. Uh, he says, hi, guys. I just want to share with you uh, and this wonderful community uh, what happened. He said, three months ago, I moved to Arch. The beginner's guide was great, and uh, he, went, he moved around from Mate to XFCE to GNOME, and then eventually back to Mate. He tried out KDE and the Plasma desktop for a little while. Uh, and so then eventually, once he decided he liked Plasma, he moved over to OpenSUSE 13.1 because... In the long run, he had to keep fiddling to keep his arch running. He says, I was willing to fix small issues, but it just got annoying after a while, so I switched to OpenSUSE. And uh, this is kind of what I kind of I, – I, this is kind of my point is like you can have somebody go download Antigross or um, you know any of the other arch derivatives. Yeah. But if, it's, if, if, if arch is hard to maintain and hard to keep running, then it probably is for more advanced people. And – I actually, and the thing is, I think what, what the Keith, and I don't know why this is, because I'm, I'm not, I'm not like some sort of Jedi here, but I have n- three or four Arch installations in this building that are at least, you know, six months old. Maybe some of them are a little younger than that. Some of them are over a year old now, and uh, none of them are ever having problems. And I, I. And I think part of it is his switching around the desktop. And I wondered if, like, is this just a unique experience for me? And I read through the comments, and I actually see people in here commenting saying, uh, I've been using the same install for seven years. Uh, This uh, this guy says uh, he's been using the same install. He's even moved it between motherboards. But then other folks are saying, yeah, I've had the same problem. Uh, So – I don't, Poby. Go. Uh, what? What is this? What? What's going on? Here? Sorry, you. You. You were just saying you'd never have problems on Arch. Well, I would never any problems that would make me want to switch, and I have a low threshold for that kind of thing. I mean, I have. Like, I, I remember. I remember an episode of this show not that long ago where you were ranting about how stuff was broken in the studio. Yeah, but I don't think that was Arch's fault. Mm. I don't think. I don't remember. I Those were mostly hardware the failures, archive. as I recall. Huh. I detect some Stockholm syndrome. Well, maybe, yeah. and that's what I'm wondering. I mean, so like, here's why I here's why I think I th- here's here's where I'm coming from. Um, you know, I I really if something gives me much trouble, I I'm more of a nuke and pave than I am a troubleshooter because I just have a lot of stuff to do, and I've never I my threshold is for if it's broken is have I ever gotten to the point where I just want to format and reload the installation, and I've none of my arch systems have gotten to that point. I've I had issues with some kernel modules that, you know, would break after a new kernel. But then once I figured out, oh, yeah, dummy, use DKMS, like, that hasn't been a problem. Like, VirtualBox has never broken since, and that was, like, you know, a year ago now. I, I the, the things I more struggle with are, like, you know, a GNOME update that breaks extensions or the fact that ButterFS is a bastard and it's using up a ton of my drive for metadata and, and whatever the hell else. And th- those kinds of problems. But I don't really have a problem with Arch itself. I, I'm not trying to make this some big arch promotion well, here, but technically, I'm just... you could argue that some of those are arch problems themselves because you're getting bleeding edge crap, yeah. like straight from the hose. But I, I could have the you same. Know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't get that from you know Ubuntu from the past, ten oh four or twelve oh four. You wouldn't sure. get it from yeah. Debian stable. You right. wouldn't get it from SUSE, you know, twelve or whatever right. is their stable version. You, I think, I think that's you're it. ascribing the brokenness to 
some upstream right. package, yes. whether it's ButterFS right. or right. whatever. Yeah. I when agree. in fact it's actually a byproduct of you running yes. bleeding edge stuff. Exactly. Surely. Exactly. No, that's exa- that's. I think that's the arch. I think that's the uh, that is the arch contract in a nutshell, right there. That's it. You just nailed it. And the, it, uh, that the advantage that something like OpenSUSE has or something like that is, it's not going to change very much. Or you know, fourteen oh four or whatever. Uh, Unless that's, you're in factory. Right. Yes. But I would. You see, I guess that's my core point is I'm not going to run any of those things, right? Like today, if I was going to install Fedora, I wouldn't be installing Fedora Stable. I would install the latest build that they're working on right now. If I went to OpenSUSE, I would go rolling. I would use Ubuntu 14.10. I would use Debian testing. I would not use any of those stable things. None of them. None of them are current enough at all. So since if you accept that, if you are, if that is your if that is your outlook as well, and I'm not saying it should be, but if that is, in fact, is probably probably not a healthy one you might want to consider it but it's mine and so for me if i accept that fact then out of all of my choices arch seems to be the one that's best at delivering that but that's great i I think i think it's fabulous that arch serves a market that is out there of people who want the absolute latest bleeding edge but you've got to be able to cope with yes the you know, the right. brokenness when it happens and it does happen is you're you're deluding yourself if no, you no. think there's no, no. no brokenness at no, all no no I, I agree because that happens with every day I am all, you know what it is included. you know what it is is I'm a bit astonished it doesn't happen a hell of a lot more to be honest with you <laughs> really because like it probably happens every you know I don't even know really but like I update all the freaking time you'd think it would happen more often so my point is is perhaps what this chart does show us is there's a lot more people out there thinking the way I'm thinking over time. But it doesn't mean everybody is, but it probably means the segment of type of people that do benchmarks are kind of thinking more the way I'm thinking. That's, I think, really what it shows us, potentially. I find it striking how on in back in May of 2014, this year, how it, they start to mirror each other. Ubuntu and Yeah, right, Arch. exactly, yes. It's really weird. That was kind of the interesting thing. But anyways, we'll have a link in the show. That's enough. That's enough on that. It was a good email. And it was something I wanted to talk about, but I, I didn't let myself talk about it because I was like, oh, Chris is a fanboy. But when somebody emailed in, they gave me an excuse to bring it up. Hey, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. Just Arch <laughs> is for experienced users. It has become a lot easier in the past few years than it has been in the past, but mm. it is for advanced users or at least someone who isn't scared to get a little bit dirty. We never recommended it before. It was more of a try it out, dip your toe in the water, see if you like it, and then determine whether or not it floats your boat. Otherwise, some it might not work. Seuss might just fit his bill. Right, right. Uh, and I and uh, thank goodness too, because it, you know there's a lot of hard there's a lot of hard work going into that distribution. So I'm glad there's people out there that it's filling a, a market need for. Um, same with all the other ones. I I think you know we're gonna we're about to get into all the drama stuff. And uh, I think it's it's important to keep in mind that uh, if that's what pulls your chain, that's totally fine. There's really absolutely not even a little bit anything wrong with that. And we need to keep in mind, as we are about to get into all this stuff, that at the end of the day, what we are all fighting over, all this stupid, hairless monkeys are fighting over, is things that flip bits on either magnetic storage or solid-state storage, okay? And it's really not that big of a deal. So let's keep that in mind as we get into the, some of the drama that is going on in the Linux community. And I think just even that little distro discussion there reminds us that there's some strong feelings on all ends. But at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. Like, 
you know, 100 years from now. And can, you know, so let's keep all of this in perspective as we get into the, some of this drama stuff, because uh, I, I don't want this to get out of hand. But uh, first, before we transition to that, since I think that's going to be uh, kind of an in-depth topic, I want to talk about DigitalOcean. Go over to DigitalOcean right now, won't you? Because it is awesome. It is a simple cloud hosting provider dedicated to offering the most intuitive and easy way to spin up a cloud server. And you could probably get started in about 55 seconds or so. I've been, I've gotten reports of 12 seconds, 33 seconds came in today. It's nuts. The reason why is DigitalOcean's infrastructure is awesome. They have got tier one bandwidth. They've got SSDs throughout. They've got some of the best hardware. Check out their uh, Instagram feed. They're just DigitalOcean on Instagram to see some of their uh, data center pictures. It's awesome. So you can get started in about 55 seconds, and it's going to cost you $5 a month for 512 megs of RAM, a 20-gigabyte SSD, one CPU, and a terabyte of transfer. That's an amazing value. A terabyte of transfer alone for $5 is incredible, but you also get the SSD drive and their super-fast CPUs. And DigitalOcean has data center locations in New York, San Francisco, Singapore, Amsterdam, and in London, a brand-new one in London, actually. It's gorgeous. And their interface... It's super simple and intuitive. The control panel is amazing. This is, it's kind of remarkable in a sense. And they have this ability for you to, to take all of the functionality in the dashboard that you might want to automate. Maybe you want to write a shell script for it, or you want to snap it into your existing management infrastructure. Because you could also consider DigitalOcean as a way to offload when you have to really meet capacity, when something big's about to go on, your project's about to launch something, a new version's about to come out, an announcement, something like that. You can, with their straightforward API, you can integrate DigitalOcean right into your solution. Spin up the droplets as you need them, and their management interface makes it so simple to take snapshots, so that way you can make sure you have a good backup before you make a major change. They have DNS management baked right in. One-click installations for things like GitLab, WordPress, the entire LAMP stack. And, of course, DigitalOcean's all about Docker. They're all about KVM. They're all about Linux. And they're also letting you experiment with Core OS directly from the Core OS project as well. I've got several Ubuntu LTS systems up on CoreOS, one of them running my own cloud, which I sync all of my mobile devices to now. And it's, for me, $5 a month is a no-brainer. But here's the best part. We can get you a $10 discount. So that way, you can try out DigitalOcean for two months for absolutely free. Now, we're in transition this week, so you can use the promo code Unplugged September or Unplugged October. That'll give you a $10 credit. Try it out. Try the $5 rig, or you can go get yourself a fancier rig. Just give it a shot and see what you think. I think you'll be pretty damn impressed. Go over to DigitalOcean.com and use the promo code UnpluggedOctober when you check out. And a huge thank you to DigitalOcean for sponsoring Linux Unplugged. And by the way, they also have guides up for the Shellshock vulnerability. And next week, I'm going to tell you more about how you can contribute to DigitalOcean's tutorial community and actually make a little money, too, which is really awesome. DigitalOcean.com, Unplugged October. And that really is something you got to check out. I've... I, I am amazed at what they can do now with DigitalOcean, especially somebody who used to deploy that stuff for clients. It's what I, and that's something else you might want to consider is if you do have clients that need a website or some backend infrastructure for something they're doing or they just want to do offsite backups, you could spin up a DigitalOcean droplet for them and even manage it for them. At $5 a month, there's probably a little profit to be made in there. Okay. All right. So this week has been pretty rocky in the Linux community. And I'm not going to lie, it's pretty disappointing to watch it go down. Uh, Eric and I were sort of commiserating about this on the uh, Tech Talk Today pre-show, that we almost are kind of sick to our stomach in a sense. Um, Right, Eric? Yeah, I'm just face-palming at the entire thing. I'm just, 
it's sad. It's sad to watch a community blow up like this. So there's several things that are going on. Um, I think the one that's created the most waves this week uh, and the one that's really gotten a lot of response is Lenart Pottering went to Google Plus and made a post. Uh, and I won't read the whole thing. I'll have it linked in the show notes if you want to read it. But I'll start a little. I'll read a little bit of it. He says, much of the open source community tries to advertise the community as one happy place to the outside. I think maybe you could contribute a little blame to the Linux Action Show and Linux Unplugged for that. We do try to highlight the best things about the community. And sometimes, well, in this show, we go more in depth on some of the more um, unseen elements. But in Linux Action Show, it's more of a showcase about what rocks, right? So I I take some of that blame on here. He says, uh, where, con- where contributions are valued only by their technical quality and everybody meets at conferences for beers. I think sometimes we do perpetuate that theory, too. Uh, but he says it's not like that. In fact, it's quite a sick place to be in. He says, I don't usually talk about this much. Um, so he says, I figure people are not very aware of this. But the open source community is full of assholes. And I probably, <laughs> and you know, <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> I guess I'll just stop right there for a second. Uh, you know, he goes on in his post to sort of say uh, that it's kind of unbelievable. He's uh, all the crap that's linked to him. Now, for those of you not familiar, Leonard's was uh, sort of the lead advocate behind SystemD. He's on the development team. He was the uh, same for Pulse Audio and, and a lot of other things. And uh, uh, he's had a very vocal voice in the past. He's probably been one of the people slinging mud a little bit. And uh, he kind of comes on here and says that this is, it's getting out of control these days. Uh, he even mentions that there has been an effort online to collect Bitcoin to hire a hitman to kill him. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, and he goes on to say that perhaps some of the blame should be lied at the feet of Linus Torvalds, because Linus sets the tone for the community in his verbose sort of way and his direct way. Yeah. He's setting a tone for how dialogue should go to get things done. And he says he's not opposed to the use of the F word, but he's opposed to the way it's being used. And his words are that a fish rots from the head down. Um, and yeah. so this is a tone that's being put out there. In fact, even though when I read Lenart's uh, post, I did not feel like... He was putting it on the feet of Linus, but it is how now it is being picked up. Uh, ZDNet, uh, uh, Matt, your buddy, uh, Stephen Jay over there has Lenart, oh, yeah. Yeah. his headline, Lenart's Pottering, Lenart Pottering's Linus Torvalds rant. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, and he t- and Lenart did address the guy. mailing list yeah. and whatnot. Uh, so, um, Popey, I want to open with you because you and I had a pretty good discussion about this uh, sort of off there, quote unquote. Uh, where should we start? What holes am I missing in this in the filling in the story right now? So, well, first of all, uh, the the hitman argument seems to be a single comment from a guy on a random dude on IRC somewhere. Okay. So, uh, okay. And uh, so you, you you could take that as some weirdo on IRC. We get a lot of weirdos on IRC all over the place. Um, the second thing I would say is Lena is an incredibly clever guy. He has created some amazing software, both like System D and then before that Pulse Audio. I love Pulse Audio. I didn't love it when right. it first yes, was right. shipped in Ubuntu, and now I do. I think it's fantastic. I just, you know what? I'm using Mumble right now. I've watched YouTube videos. I use Skype, and it just works. Mm-hmm. It, it's fabulous. Uh, and before that, he help develop Avahi on Linux, right, right. the zero conf stuff. The guy is an accomplished developer. You know, he, he does good stuff for the Linux community. He gets way more flack than I think he deserves. Yes, sometimes he could be a bit of a dick. And 
in the past, when he was younger, he was somewhat abrasive and people found it difficult to work with him. But then when I was younger, I was a bit of a dick. And <laughs> I was probably someone who was somewhat abrasive and hard to work with. I think, you know, he, he's gone past that. And I think, you know, given the body of work he's made and the effort that he's done to make the free software desktop a better uh, environment for users, I think the guy should be cut a bit of slack. Okay. All right. Now, Daredevil, I want to give you a chance to chime in. I just like to ask Leonard if he's listening. You are a public figure, and that comes with a price tag. And it's a public figure within a niche, but it's still a public figure for all that matters. And yes, you may have legitimacy on some of your uh, complaints, but at that point, is like not everyone that is addressing you is always a, a community member. And we deal with things like that in kind of any career as long as you happen to be in a spotlight. He has done great things, like Pape said, and he should take everything with a grain of salt. Learn how to get away uh, of the things that lead them to that, to that kind of behavior. And now just a quick comment on what you said, I wouldn't take any blame on showing the positive side because the same way there's people that show the negative side, someone needs to show what is actually good about it. We happen to have a great group in here a lot of times, and we enjoy it. So should we not talk about it? Hmm. Well, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll take devil's advocate here, and I'll, I'll defend Lenart in that, uh, specifically, the discussions around SystemD in this show have gotten more hate mail in my inbox than pretty much any other topic we have ever discussed. And it's, I'm surprised because it, it, um, it, it, it seems so over uh the, the the level of anger not always oftentimes there's very rational emails too that are just really good emails but uh there are some that just seem so angry about it that i i don't quite it almost seems disconnected from the reality of the situation so and that's just that's just in my coverage of it i'm not one of the guys that created it so i can only imagine the volume and amount he's getting um, and so I do have some sympathy for that. And I, I think I, I can understand a little bit how it could be wearing. And to be honest with you, it has crossed my mind if it was taking a toll on him uh, based on the amount that I was getting long before he made this post. And it has also crossed my mind how kind of impressed I am that he has continued on under what I assume has been heavy criticism. Now, this sort of confirms that. But I think out of all the things he's done, maybe that might be something I respect him the most for. Uh, be, just having a, a slight understanding of probably what he's under. Uh, now that said, it it's something that he's also participated in, uh, and I liked the way that uh, Aaron Saigo uh, Aaron Saigo uh, said. There's four paths for this kind of the way communities can go, and he said there are many people who just simply don't interact with the community at all. They just write code, they put out useful technology, and that's kind of it. They interact as little as possible. Some communities have adopted the stance that the most important thing is the creation of technology for everyone to be nice to each other at all times or else. That's another path. It's usually motivated by the right intentions, but it can sort of steal the focus away. Everybody has to be nice. Everybody be nice. Everybody be nice. And then there's the technology co-creation path. And this is the one that resonated with me. He says there is a healthy path where people focus on technology creation first and foremost. And the one would do well as to get as many free software communities on. In these kinds of environments, social interactions are something that happens as a happy byproduct of making great technology together. 
Now, that I want to take that sentence and I want to read it to you again, but I want to use different words. Uh, instead of technology, let's use the word podcasts. Okay, so he says here, this is a healthy path where people can focus on the podcasts. First and foremost, where the content matters. In these kinds of environments, social interactions are something that happens as a happy byproduct of making a great show together. And that is sort of where the Jupiter Broadcasting community comes from. A lot of us have become friends as a result of working on the content. The content comes first. The show comes first. And within that paradigm, if I yell at Eric or I yell at Q5 or they yell at me... It's because we want to make a better show together. It's not because it's an ego thing. It's not our personalities combating. It's because we both, first and foremost, care more about the show. And so there's a mutual respect that is shared between us that we're really just trying to make the product better. And sometimes that requires talking a little tough because when it's a creative thing, just like software can very much be a creative process, there's a lot of passion involved. That's the nature of it. And unfortunately, you can't, you can't have it both ways. If you want to make something great, you want to make something better than everybody else is making, then it takes that kind of personal commitment where you're, you're really all in. And when you're all in on something like that, you go to the mat for it and you fight for it. And sometimes that causes controversy. But if the end product is the goal at the end of the day, then there's sort of, I don't want, I mean, I wish I had a better term, but, you know, an adult detached perspective you can take where you can have a robust sometimes hard conversation and then 10 15 minutes everything's okay and now you're back to working on the product again and i that i think is bared out in our community right here i um, go ahead I, go ahead I, take I, it buddy. i go. kind of i kind of 50 percent agree with you because i spent the weekend when i was at a conference i spent probably about 45 minutes arguing with Stuart Langridge about something. Uh, admittedly, I was like 10 pints under, and so was he. But, <laughs> That's you know, the best we were, time, apparently. But, yeah. but at the end of it, you know, we have a conversation, and, and it's, it's, a, it's robust. But I think there's a difference between that and then someone barking orders at someone. And right. I'm, I'm going I'm to point this at you directly, Chris. Okay. There's been a couple of occasions on, on Mumble – where you've been quite abrasive to people here mm-hmm. uh, as a result of you feeling like what 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 what's the perception is that you're feeling that the the input is not requ- not warranted not mm-hmm. wanted mm-hmm. and and what you've just explained is that the creative process is king that the content is king that that actually what's what what matters is what you get out at the end mm-hmm hang the fact that you're like kicking people along the way and i don't think that's the right way to do it right i would i, I, I can see I, 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 I think there's not a so i think i do see what you're saying there and i and i would i would say uh if that person you know if they're i i wouldn't be one of these things where like the, the conversation ends completely like they could continue to advocate their case and my mind could be changed that happens all the time but i think sometimes specifically for content creation maybe not software creation i don't know i don't have as much experience there there eventually has to be somebody who says this is how we're doing it and we're doing it this way because i know the best about this because this is my area kind of and this is kind of why sometimes i see how linus operates and i think yes he is setting a tone that is not healthy at the same time what the hell is he going to do this is the reality of the environment he's in and these are the people that he needs to motivate like right 
And, so, and I see that I see that as well with, you know, Mark Shuttleworth, who has his opinions on the direction of Ubuntu. And, you know, there are people who are contributing their spare time in the same way that there are people contributing their spare time to help you out with Jupiter. Right. Yeah. And there, there are people who are helping Leonard out with System D or whatever. You know, there, there, there's always this, this pool of people who are sometimes on a bit of a knife edge. You you push them too far, you're going to push them over, and they're going to stop contributing, and they're going to walk away. And I hold and that thought. I want to. I want to. I want to because that's our next. Uh, that's sort of where we're going to get to uh, in in uh, the gaming on Linux stuff. So I think you're going you're going in the right direction. But hold on, you're going there too soon, uh, uh, Eric. I want to give you a chance, just sort of somebody who's been in the process where we've been working things out to, get, to kind of chime in, and you can also throw me under the bus if you want. <laughs> well, well, I, what I wanted to talk about was how how much you and I and you and Q5 and Q5 and me and Rikai and whatnot, everybody who's a part of the crew has had a lot of disagreements with each other about a lot of different things. It shows up all the time. At the end of the day, we are going towards a common goal and that's to produce good content. And I think we are constantly getting there. Do you think, though, that... Uh, see, this is where I'm trying to get to. I guess at the end of the day, like... The, the, the fundamental question is, is like, is there, a, is there a place for where you just sometimes have to come in and say, no, we're doing it this way. Everybody F off. Is well, yeah, and that's where you come in because you're the guy in charge of the show. So, that, so when you do that, we have – it's basically – it's your baby – we're just here to help you take care of it. Well, okay. So, okay, we'll go back to that. First, I want to give Heavens a chance to go, and then we'll go to Daredevil. So go ahead, Heavens Revenge. Well, in our community, there is there tends to be a lot of extremist opinions. One that we don't usually knock on too much because we love him so much is RMS. <laughs> he is very extremist, but we love yes. his opinion. You know, I was going to point that out. Is he also – I mean, we're, we're kind of uh, dogging on Linus here, but let's be honest. Uh, RMS is some things, right? And, you know, they, they're needed in a way. But the, I like to compare it like this. We have captains in our community. They are the figureheads or the people that kind of give us direction. There's one important word that, will, that explains this. It's called a mutiny. When people don't like the direction of the captain, like you, Chris, if you are the captain of the Jupiter Broadcasting Network, there's the captain of certain projects. When people don't like the way the direction is going, they will mutiny and they will be very violent and try to do everything they can to try and make that problem not a problem within their minds. And this is, it gets visceral. Whoa. Oh, man. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Are you thinking about the, the twit stuff that's going on right now? Is that kind of what you're referring to? Okay, so we'll, I'll get to that in a second, Daredevil. That's I want to. A big, good well, point. it is okay. So I'm going to mention this right now. Is uh, this is an interesting thing about community, uh, and this is something that businesses are not really equipped well to understand and handle. Uh, and I won't go. I don't want to make this a JB Twit thing, but uh, Twit's having major problems with their community right now, and so much so that their community has organized a blog with with several contributors and a separate chat room, and they are really organizing to go after Twit in a very organized troll fashion. And it's really spinning out of control, and I'm kind of amazed at the amount of energy that is being spent to go after something that these people once cherished. Uh, and it's exactly to a T what you just said, Heaven. So you, I've, I, we're watching this right now happen to the Twit network, and I, I like at one time, you know, I, I feel bad for them, but I also see how they are not managing the situation and not respecting the community and sort of adding fuel to this fire. Uh, and so it's it's a really interesting thing to have sort of spin out of control. Daredevil, and I want to give you a chance to chime in. 
recently there was an article that actually was posted on Reddit uh, about SQL, uh, MySQL trademark issues. And one of the actually points that was very well made is that um, there are open source products and there are open source projects. And there are differences on how they are handled. So I think Lenart uh, in this situation is kind of a, a hybrid uh, of it because he's working for Red Hat which definitely creates things like systemd which are more of a uh, open source product coming out of red hat sure and that itself just makes the community um more impulsive like heavens was pointing out to towards trying to make it a project so they are sure if it's going to affect their distribution they will have a say on it and they, they, there is going to be some consensus so it becomes a project rather than a product and I think that is really just something that you cannot avoid if you're in a position like Leonard is. He has made great things, and that's called attention. I don't think yes. particularly that's a bad thing. So is your basic argument that if you want to be successful on the Internet, you have to have a super thick skin and prepare to have just the worst stuff ever said about you and to, to you? To a degree, yes. I mean, society has always been like this. Okay. Uh, I, I can accept that as an answer. That's, that's, I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't think you're necessarily wrong. Uh, but I want to. I want to transition uh, to uh, something that's a little more recent to kind of show you. We're kind of talking about this in the abstract. I want to kind of narrow our focus a little bit and talk about what's going on uh, with a couple of friends of this show, the Linux Gamecast and GamingOnLinux.com, both of whom I just gave plugs to in this Sunday's Linux Action Show, mm-hmm. thinking kumbaya, everybody loves each other. <laughs> um, and the reason why I don't, you know, we don't need to get into the, uh, the specifics no. of the drama, but um, Doesn't matter. I, what I want to get to is I'm building a case to how, why this stuff actually matters and how it actually impacts not just Linux, but adoption of Linux and the way the outside community perceives us. And I, I think this current example that we have today clearly lays it all out there and it shows us the real-world cost of this. Because right now we're talking about it in sort of the abstract and for Lenart and et cetera, et cetera. So um, that's kind of where I want to take this. Uh, but before we get to that, as you might expect, we have one more sponsor to get to, and it's one that I think you're definitely going to want to check out. And they have a brand new website, too, Linux Academy, linuxacademy.com slash unplugged to get a 33% discount on tuition. Linux Academy has a brand new website, and Matt, this website is looking slick. They've Ooh. really done a great job, and they're adding more courses, too. It's not just that. It's like it's amazing how much how hard these guys are working these days. Uh, and that's it's really awesome because it's Linux enthusiasts that came together with designers and educators, and it's really that symbiotic relationship that's paying off now. And you can go check it out. So what is Linux Academy? Check this out. Think about a repository of knowledge for managing anything you might want to know from Linux to AWS, OpenStack, or if you want to get into DevOps, they've got courses on all of it, step-by-step video courses, downloadable comprehensive study guides for you to read offline. And as your courseware requires it, it comes with its own server. They spin up a server on demand. You can choose from 7-plus Linux distributions. Then they automatically adjust the courseware so it matches that Linux distribution. And I, I cannot underscore this new feature enough because this is... Oh, man, if I if I was kind of maybe wanting to sort of step out or if I was curious about what other technologies I could get into or if I just had gotten thrown into a major project and I needed to know how to deploy GitLab or manage OpenStack or integrate AWS, this would be my salvation. They have a new system called Learning Plans. Learning Plans allow the user to select your daily availability. Based on your availability, the study plan is automatically generating 
and it gives you lessons and quizzes and labs. It'll send you reminders when those are due. You can retest yourself, and you can continually sort of adjust based on your availability. You know, go take some Chef Fundamentals, Puppet, CentOS 7, Ubuntu, OpenStack. You can do a scenario-based lab, too, where you actually implement something on AWS or deploy a server and get it up and running. They have so many cool things up and coming, too. And once you become a Linux Academy subscriber, you just get all the stuff. You can just keep going, use all, just keep learning, keep trying out new things, and try out the new courseware. They're also constantly integrating live streams and Q&As with the educators. Head over to linuxacademy.com slash dumbplug. Get the 33% discount. Go learn about the Heartbleed bug. They've got a whole course up about that right now. Backing up with R-Sync, seriously something you might want to consider. Setting up a remote GUI desktop. they got courses on that. Working with Nginx, Nagios. Oh, my gosh. Nagios is such an awesome tool if you're in an enterprise or even a small business and you're not doing monitoring. Go take the Nagios course. It's worth it right there. linuxacademy.com slash unplugged. And a huge thank you to Linux Academy for sponsoring the Linux Unplugged show. Okay. Nice. So to bring the drama home and uh, talk about what's going on now, uh, we've had Liam on the show. The gaming on Linux is Liam, right? That's his name? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, he's been on the show before and uh, gave him a plug on Sunday. Today, this morning, he says, I'm moving on from gaming on Linux. I'm quitting. I'm no longer going to write here again. And he lays the blame square on another uh, podcaster. And it's it, and I did some digging into this, and it appears there's been some barbs back and forth. Essentially, what it boiled down to is, just for the for those of you who care, uh, a game developer contacted LGC Linux Gamecast Weekly, said, "Hey, would you like to review our stuff?" Who knows what happened? Maybe they gave him a bad review. Whatever. You know, a lot of times these developers are essentially expecting, you know, the the blogger or the podcaster to be so excited that they're being contacted by the developer and that they got free keys that they they almost expect a good review. And right. very likely, knowing the LGC guys, if they didn't like the game, they were pretty honest about it. <laughs> yeah, usually and, they are. And yeah. what I gather is the developer wasn't super happy about that. And so Liam's, you know, like tweeted at him or something like that and said, well, you know, if you're not happy with your review, maybe you should consider reaching out to other media outlets. The LGC crew are kind of known for being rough or something like to that extent, right? Which then started a series of back and forths and name calling and things like that, which eventually led to uh, Liam posting uh, a resignation. I think this is something that's happened before. Drama, drama, drama. Here is the practical outcome that is likely going to affect Linux. We have two problems now. Number one. Gaming on Linux will continue on. It's a community funded. They're funded till December, according to comments from him. But likely less content, right? Because he was the chief editor, the, the number one right. contributor. Here's why that matters. If you're a game shop and you're releasing your game for Linux, it is really hard to figure out who the hell you're supposed to talk to to generate some buzz, to get some reviews, to inform the community that your game's there. Because there's a lot of games that come out that nobody even knows about. And so what GamingOnLinux.com became was sort of that first stop because it's something that these development shops who have been living in the Windows or console ecosystem their entire existence can wrap their brain around. They understand what the site's about. It's in the name. They see they have lots of reviews. They have decent traffic, decent enough, whatever it is. I have no idea. And they can grok it. And that, that is sort of to them, it's their on-ramp. There's other outlets, but I got to tell you, from my own personal experience dealing with these people, they have no clue what the hell they're doing. 
They have no clue how to do this. They are completely at a loss. They are desperate to have a way to do this because this is really established in all of the commercial gaming platforms. They, I, I get emails constantly with keys where they're just asking us to review the game because they're desperate to get attention. They don't have, they don't have any idea how to do it. And the problem is, is now one of the obvious and clear paths for them to do that is going to decline. And all of us will suffer to some small degree because of it. The, re- the result is because of bickering between two people who are essentially fighting over the same tiny market share, even though really they are sort of co-complementary because one's a blog and one's a podcast. But because, you know, they had to measure each other's dicks constantly, now everyone suffers. Instead of treating each other like human beings, instead of just staying on their own respective lawns and focusing on their content, they had to focus on the ego and the argument and the pride of it all. And now... One of the key resources for developers looking to announce their game for Linux users could decline because of it. It's kind of disappointing. So this stupid drama that none of us can stand, that none of us want to really pay attention to, does actually have some kind of impact. Who knows how bad, but it has some. It's kind of disappointing. And, you know, uh, if you guys want to read into it, uh, you can you can read the links in the show notes. I don't really feel like getting this into the into the nitty details, but all right, uh, let's start taking mumble room comments. Uh, go ahead, uh, Daredevil, and uh, I'll open it to you first. So the first tip is go to jupiterbroadcasting.com/contact. Ask Chris um, <laughs> to review the game. Second uh, tip is join the IRC. Uh, it's always on. It's all also available on the site. You can uh, watch it there, and there's a lot of people in, that will do the work either freely or even if you pay them the beer, they will gladly help you getting the process done. There Enjoy. you go. Okay, there you go. Good tip. Um, Great tip. Matt, I yes. think you said it best in the subreddit. Uh, I, okay, come <laughs> on now. Is, is it, what is the matter with us, Matt? What is? I mean, this seems like we need a little common sense. Well, so I mean, regardless of who peed and who's Cheerios, because at the end of the day, it really doesn't make any difference. Um, you know, as far as like how the reactionary stuff's gone back and forth and whatnot, you know, both parties involved need to just kind of take a step back and be like, honestly, this isn't really worth it. Um, now, as far as him wanting to leave uh, the work he's been doing, you know, I think that's concerning because I think he's done some good work, and I think that's unfortunate. But and I also would point out then to anyone that produces content, you better have a thick skin. You know, if disagreements come up, you really ought to. And I posted some examples of some public rippings that I've gotten in that subreddit. One of them was very public. And you, you know, and you learn from those experiences. And so in this particular case, regardless of who is right or wrong, um, you know, let this be a lesson to everyone that, you know, words certainly matter. But at the same time, you can't control other people's behavior. You mm-hmm. just can't. You have yeah. to really decide on how you're going to react to it. it. Is, at the end of the day, it is your choice on how you process it and how it affects you. Because it really is just some other hairless monkey at the other end of that wire that's saying what they think. And it really exactly. doesn't matter. And you can make it matter. You can choose to make it matter. But I think – I don't know. I, I guess I don't – I guess what I worry about is that I don't want to get lumped in with this drama. I don't want, I don't want it to come across that the whole community looks like that. Popey, what are your thoughts on that? I, I, I agree. I don't play. I I play games, uh, and I use Linux. So I'm a Linux gamer. You would think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, I think 
in you know the the short answer is I think Liam overreacts, and I think the other guys are dicks. In in short, and I think probably they best avoid each other. It's you know it 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 feels very similar to like play, playground shenanigans where yeah I would agree. Oh, that, he yeah. said this and she said that, and it's just. You know, separate them out. So how leave, do we leave each other? Alone. How do we actually practically do that, though? Because yeah, well, why I mean, would we? It's nothing to do with us. It's 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 one you know dick online calling someone else. But if it has a, ramifications a for the entire community, if you let it, yeah, yeah. Okay, one other thing, Leonard. If you remember when you were a dick and we put up with you, then just put up with someone new. Yeah, I I guess uh, that's the thing. I, I'm I'm I, not a fan of the grow a thick skin argument. I I, I think yes, you need to be well, able to avoid whatever whatever mechanism you you need to use. You need to avoid abuse. Now, whether that means blocking people on Twitter, uh, you know, right. putting people in a kill file, or whatever that means, yes, um, do that. But equally, you should be able to do your job, whatever that job is, whether it's making a video podcast or writing articles about gaming on Linux. You should be able to do that without fear that some lunatic on the Internet is going to start giving you abuse. And you shouldn't let them give you abuse. You should do whatever you need to do to block that. And I will – go ahead, Matt. I was going to say in the past, I've had – bodily harm threats before you know there like i said there's a certain tier of things that you have to take it the first attempt obviously to try and work it out if it can be worked out which i'm in the process of actually working it out with the individual you know is involved in this um that's great you know that's awesome now going forward if someone is just making it their mission in life to just troll you essentially i mean even to the point of it being abusive at that point you do need to take a step to do everything you can to block them out but it's about it's not about right and wrong it's about effective behavior if you're cornered in a schoolyard and this kid's going to kick your butt you got a couple choices one you can try and beeline and hope he doesn't tackle you or you can pop him in the nose and, and then go on with your life I choose the latter. And so that doesn't mean it's right for everybody. And it certainly doesn't mean that, you know, responding in kind is the right approach. I think that's not the message to be taken there. But it's a matter of what is the most effective behavior that's going to get you a result to where you can resolve this, whatever that may be. Right. It's it's unique. Yeah. 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 I think it's unique. I think in this particular instance, someone, whoever it may be, needs to just stop and walk away. You can't have an argument without two people. I have a couple of closing thoughts, but I, one thing that I wanted to ask Wimpy about is, and I'm wondering what Wimpy thinks about this because I was in, um, I was in the, like I mentioned earlier, the Linux underscore gaming subreddit, and I saw a post in there from a Windows user. (laughs) And he said, (laughs) he said, you know, I was just thinking about switching over to Linux, but I was just browsing the uh, various subreddits. I'm seeing a lot of drama. Am I in for uh, a bad ride when I switch over? And Wimpy, do you think that this is something that we need to worry about? Is the public perception of all of this infighting? Um, yeah, I, th- I think we we in quotes look silly to the yeah. tech world at large, and unfortunately, it isn't the the luminaries in the open source community that are making us look silly. It's the vocal majority who are slinging the mud and making the noise, who are um, discrediting Linux as a platform, and and they're saving Apple and Microsoft a job 
because they don't need to discredit us <laughs> because we're doing yeah, wow. it to ourselves. It's a good thing they need well, the technology we make so damn badly. Yeah, and anyone that tells me a Mac person doesn't discredit, I got a Mac Lope article. I'll have you read sometime because I will tell oh, you, Mac boy. people are quite, quite, quite yeah, verbal. Yeah. I would discredit. But also, that, so. not all of us. <laughs> I had it coming, mind you. Not all of us are like this. Yeah. No, not right, all. Right, yeah. And I had it, and I had it coming in that instance. But yeah. you know, just pointing out, they're very well, vocal. I, I, I kind of want to, I want to wrap on on this closing thought here. Uh, and then we'll put this topic to bed, hopefully. Uh, I, I think, you know, one of the things that keeps coming up in all of these threads, I've seen it now in in essentially every comment thread about this and in some of these blog posts, it's the Linus angle. You know, let's blame Linus. <sighs> Boy, that is, yeah, I can see I can see the pretty valid argument there. And I don't want to discredit the people, some pretty smart people on our subreddit that are arguing that case. I think there is some merit to that. But... You know, I was recently reminded that you can you can have the worst influence growing up or whatever it is, you know, in your work environment, in your community. At the end of that, though, you are the one making the decision, not Linus. It's not Linus that's making you use the F word and yell at somebody. Just because you're choosing to excuse your behavior because you saw him do it doesn't mean it's his fault. It's your fault. And when you are going on the Internet... And you're yelling at people for the bits they are flipping on some spinning magnetic platter. Remember, it's your choice to do it. Not Linus's choice, not Lenart's choice. It's you. And it really is something you need to consider. And blaming Linus, while cathartic and also a great scapegoat, at the end of the day, is crap. It's you. So you have to stop it. It's each one of us. It's every one of us. We all have to, we just all have to be cognizant of it. And at the same time, we need to grow up a little bit. Maybe stop arguing on the internet. And maybe have a little bit of a thicker skin. And it's really kind of a balanced approach to all of those things. It's not one or the other. It's all of those things balanced together that make interacting with other hairless monkeys through a wire manageable. And, you know, I go back to this is why we need to get together in meat space more often. It changes the dynamic. It changes everything. It changes the way we treat each other. It deepens well, especially the connection. If the guy you're messing, yeah, well, especially if the guy you're messing with turns out to be 6'4 and 200-some pounds, you know, and you're just a little dude sitting in front of a keyboard, all of a sudden you're not so tough. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know, and that changes the equation pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I want to uh, also, <laughs> yeah. just a quick plug before we get out of here, uh, this is the last week to take a simple system D survey that producer Q5 has put together, and uh, he says he'll be sharing the results uh, in about a week. So you can go to systemdsurvey.com, and we're just trying to, or he, he's just trying to get a little background info about uh, either one, either side of the fence, doesn't matter. It's just kind of a general survey, systemdsurvey.com. If you're a user or a hater, you can go take a survey. There's just kind of curious to see where the results land, and I'm sure we'll talk about them in next week's Unplugged. So, uh, Matt, I think that's everything we have. So we just kind of have like a couple essentials to let people know about. Number one, you might have noticed this is kind of a community-driven show. We're pretty proud of that, and we'd like you to be involved with it. You can go over to jblive.tv. We do it on a Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific. If you don't know what that is in your time, because I know, I know, it's crazy, just go to jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar. The robots will convert it for you. But more importantly, I'd like to ask you to engage, uh, specifically uh, in the subreddit, linuxactionshow.reddit.com. We'll have a link in there for this episode where you can give us feedback. I'd like to hear your thoughts on all of this. This is definitely one of those episodes where everybody should try to treat each other a little bit better in that thread. And let's just have a really good conversation. And, you know, the Linux Action Show subreddit, while it can get heated, is, as far as, you know, online communities goes, 
is really one of the greatest. It is filled with some of the smartest people that really have great conversations. And yeah, sometimes it gets rough. And hey, I've been at the I've been at the end of that gun before. But it really is a great community. Linux Action Show dot reddit dot com and uh, jblive.tv for the live show and and really last but not least go to jupiterbroadcasting.com slash contact and choose linux unplugged from the drop down send us your feedback as a big part of this show if you can't be in the mumble room or you don't use reddit that's still a great way to contribute just go over there jupiterbroadcasting.com slash contact all right matt we'll have a great week i'll see you on sunday okay all right you too i'll see you then all right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for tuning this week's episode of Linux Unplugged. Head over to jupiterbroadcasting.com. Click on episode 61 to get all of the links for stuff we talked about. And maybe while you're there, you could grab an RSS feed and get this show automatically every single stinking week. You don't even have to think about it. Put it in your favorite podcast catcher. Why not? All right, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning this week's episode of Linux Unplugged. See you right back here next week. All right, little post show time. <laughs> okay, so I had uh, I don't I don't I can't even remember Mumblerum. Do you remember what the hell I wanted to talk about in the post show? I don't even recall now. It's been it feels like uh, I think it was uh, something to do with you getting the snip, wasn't it? No, we talked about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! I wonder maybe I don't. Should we put that in here? I don't know if we want to put that in the released no, version. Oh my! I don't think we do. Uh, no, it was no. something else. But now I've totally forgotten what it was. Dang it. I had something. Yeah, go ahead. Um, Italy uh, court actually ruled in favor of uh, consumers in the um, case of Microsoft Windows X. So coming pre-installed. And it's now like mandatory uh, that uh, computer sellers in Italy to sell without... uh, The user does not want to refund them the Windows license uh, price. So, uh, do you suppose... Uh, okay, let's go to jbtitles.com. That, by the way, great news. That's great. I just got to get titles. Uh, jbtitles.com. Right now, Linux soap opera is way, 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 way up there. But I'm kind of leaning towards don't feed the trolls, even though it's number third in the list. But don't feed the trolls seems like the, the actual message. Yeah, it really yeah. does. Hey, Chris. Yeah. At some point in time, do you think we could have, like, the most Pop-Tart or rainbow-shitting Pop-Tart cat Eating positive show ever instead of all this negative killing oh, each other, stabbing each other. That's what it was. Yeah, that's what it was. stuff. I maybe maybe Chris is not on it. Yeah. I know. I know. I know. Show no, God, come on. It's got. not. I'm not the one making the drama. Come on. It's not my. Oh, I know, but there's these I'm little kidding. specific things that mm. rape people up the ass so hard and it fucks up the rest of our, so, like, view. Here's what... It, we need that beauty that we see. It's like a I, jewel. Here's like, oh, you like a ruby or something. Now, okay, you reminded me of oh. my, my post-show topic, though. All right, everybody go to jbtitles.com and vote. You still have a chance to bang suggest, too. But, okay, here was here what here's what it was. This is totally hippy-dippy, but I give it some serious consideration. Okay, what if... And, and the only reason I mention this is because... I hate, I hate using this card because it sounds like such a douchebag thing to say, but... I've honestly been doing this for a while, and I've kind of noticed a trend. And the trend is when the media is really hyping something scary, like, oh, I don't know, ISIS and Ebola, 
it feels like everybody is really stressed the hell out and it comes out and like people are taking things way more seriously than they should. Maybe they hyper focus on something to distract them from the boogeyman that's being constantly fear porn pushed down their mouth hole and their ear holes and in their face. And that maybe this constant Ebola outbreak, ISIS taking over the East, going to war, going back into Iraq, constant boom, 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 slamming us over the head with fear is causing us to kind of treat each other kind of like shit because we're all stressed out in the background. It's like a background anxiety. Maybe we're not even fully realizing it. It's like this background thing that's stressing us out. Because it's this bad thing. And you could be on either side, right? You could actually be buying all of this ISIS propaganda and think they're the boogeyman. Or you could be really mad at your government for going back into Iraq for the fourth time and be really stressed out about that. Like, you could be on either end of the, of the political spectrum and it could still be bothering the hell out of you. But maybe you're internalizing it and focusing down on the technology to distract yourself from it. And so you're taking all of these technology matters really super seriously, even though really at the end of the day, you're trying to avoid the actual really scary thing that's going on in the real world. That's a nice idea. I'd I'd counter that with I've just spent the weekend with three hundred random people who I've mostly never met before, and, and they were all super positive <laughs> and right. and really friendly, and right. the world's troubles didn't crop up in right. conversation. But, but that's like a that's like that happens when you get together as a group. Like it becomes different. But then maybe when you're back at your house, and again. And the thing about the internet is it doesn't take all of us. It just takes a few of us in the right spot to be bothered by it to cause a big dust up. And I'm not even saying it's like it's pushing us. It's just sort of like this background agitation that just sort of makes us a little more on edge normally. A lot of people don't even remember that people behind the keyboard are people too. I remember someone here said this before. It might have been Popey or Wimpy, but they're humans too. And they've got, you know, they care sometimes about what you have to say. That's my biggest pet peeve, is that people don't understand. At the end of the day, we're all people behind that monitor, Mm -hmm. behind the keyboard. Mm -hmm. And you have to, even some people have a problem where they can't associate that, and it's a thing. We all put our pants on one leg at a time. Right, exactly. Everybody poops. And we're also happy at all these conferences, and you know... Beers, handshaking, pats on the back. Yep. But when we get behind the keyboard, it's right. shank or be shank. Assholes. Well, yeah. yeah. First time I met <laughs> Leonard Pottering was at an Ubuntu Developer Summit when we invited him along. I think it was in Prague, and I remember sitting around having beer with him, and everything was cool. Right. It was all fine. Right. But you know, behind a keyboard, you know, on both sides of the fence, everyone mm-hmm. gets a little bit more grumpy. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and I so I think you know when Lenart said we all like to talk like it's roses and sunshine. What we like to talk about is not something that's manufactured. It's real, but there's just like everything a gray area. And we like to talk about the happy spectrum more than we talk about the bad spectrum. Um, and so I don't I don't know. Maybe this show has gotten negative recently, but at the same time, it feels like there is a little self analysis that needs to be done here to shore up a few things. And I don't know if we're helping the dialogue at all, but it's making me feel better. <laughs> Well, a lot of people hate change, too, and especially since Leonard is causing a whole lot of change in our ecosystem, a lot of hate's going to be poured onto the guy. So, um, first of all, I completely agree with Heavens that we need a bit more positivity in the show. I think that that's a good idea. Uh, On that point about uh, Leonard is um, causing change, no, Leonard isn't causing change. We need to separate the man from the software here. Leonard is a software developer. It's System D that is held in change in the mm-hmm. Linux community. Mm-hmm. And that's what people 
should actually be angry about if that's how they feel about it. Well, it's System D that they should be debating and challenging. It is not hurling mud and insults and abuse at one of the developers. Okay, well, all I would say to Kat is that when one of the developers goes and happens to treat other people's poorly, even if it isn't his really his fault because he's responding poorly after he's been treated badly by someone else, that doesn't that doesn't do anything but continue the the awful cycle. I I I. I yeah, your point's well taken. I uh, I, I kind of wanted to go back to um, the positivity thing because uh, I think this is good. I think it's good to get your guys' input on this. So uh, I agree, and you know, really, uh, what it is is um, the the thing is is what really works best for a uh, a show that a discussion show like this is topics that people can have an opinion on. And sometimes mm. that's some of the negative stuff, right? Because if it's just um, if it's just specs and features, there's not really a lot of space in there for you guys to chime in with your opinions and for us so, to kind of sort so, stuff out. So some of your shows benefit from, uh, you know, I'm I'm not trying to pull the curtain away and show the Wizard of Oz, but some of your book shows benefit from you being a grumpy old bastard and the rest of us coming in here and and you I'm know. not that grumpy. I really am not a grumpy yeah, person. Yeah, yeah, you are. As long as there's uh, bacon, and, he's fine. Uh, otherwise, I'm uh, actually at the weekend. I had three or four people come up to me in person and say, "Do you know what? It was good that you were on uh, unplugged, Keep unplugged." Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've had a few people say that. I, I guess, and, and it's not. I'm not not, not not trying to get you know the. Uh, I think sometimes the, people forget I'm in the business of having an opinion. Sure, got to pass the piece. I'm not a complaining. Mm. I think no, no, it's no, great no, fun no. that we yeah. can. And, and yeah. I, I know, I, I, I have a good. I, I, I have a good I have, Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's it's a lot of fun, uh, and so I'm all about being more positive. But we have to, if we're going to do that. We have to find it has to be something where everybody can have a good chance to get in and dig in on it. And I and the other thing the other thing is it can't be it can't be Lego movie. Everything is awesome. Right. Right. Exactly. And on top of that, a lot of it is just driven by, you know, what the hell's going on. And unfortunately, it seems like it's been kind of shitty recently. Yeah. A lot of the newsworthy stuff is tends to be negative anyway right because like uh so a couple of weeks ago it was debian moving away from xfce so we talked about the xfce project which i think a lot of people are getting some of that negativity from also uh you know it's been pointed out to me that sometimes people just sort of prescribe any opinion mentioned in the show they sort of assign it to me they say you know it's chris's opinion or chris thinks this or chris is being very negative well when you start getting a little bit shouty yeah then, no i yeah, know i know i, can I know. see why yeah. i mean but it, yeah and, and it, it, yeah and I, I understand i can agree with that because i've put opinions out there and it got attributed to chris i'm like what the i mean seriously guys that my opinions are my own they are not the opinions of chris there's um, actually one uh, subreddit comment where someone said what uh, I said was Chris's comment. Like, no, let me explain what I actually said. Right. And that yeah. is uh, that is more common than you'd think. And I think what it is oh is gosh, people yeah. are sort of in passing. You know, maybe they're doing something else. Some people are doing something else while they're listening. And so they don't re- remember exactly who said it, but they remember it was in that show. And then when they, maybe when they think of the show, they think of me or something like that. So I'm, But again, I am actually not disagreeing. I, I, I am negative because I am... I think what it is is I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed ah, in the in the behavior of our again. community, right? That's what it is. And I know, but really, shouldn't I be? Like, isn't there a lot to be disappointed in with like look at all the stuff we just talked about this week. Look at all this silly I mean I I mean I feel bad for the people that are involved because to them it's not silly. But right, those of but us on the outside, actually, the positive stuff. Look at how much free software is made all day. But where's every day. but where's the discussion there? 
Well, yeah, exactly. It, it doesn't. It doesn't generate clicks. It doesn't generate. No, it's not about JD that. Titles. It's not. No, no, it's not about that. It's. It's really about. I think it's really about finding something we can chew on, and you know, uh, something that is. Uh, okay, so I'll, I'll tell you how. I'll tell you a little bit how I pick topics for this show because this show is sort of unscripted. But what I do is I, I look at what I think a lot of people seem to be thinking about in the Linux community this week. That's essentially right there in a bullet point how I Linux know. Unplugged is put together. What right, are people thinking about? No, 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 I know, I know. No, I'm just kind of, because I'm, I'm just, it's for everybody's information. Uh, and so a lot of times, you know, it is, it is stuff that isn't super positive because it's something we're struggling with. And so this is sort of a forum to sort of, a, a lot of times we walk away trying to, you know, kind of, put it all into perspective and 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 unfortunately that does mean sometimes we deal with stuff that is not of the of the of the everything is awesome nature now that said i do try to counterbalance some of that in last right last is more of a showcase last is the news this is what happened this week these are awesome app picks this is something we're spotlighting this is how you do something this is what the community wants to know right that's this the is last how awesome moment. 1410 is yeah well yeah, it does happen because the news is <laughs> i know it does happen it does the news again is opinion it does happen but the majority focus of last is I would call a showcase where unplugged is more it's more of Linux users grappling with what Linux users are thinking and caring about and and, right, and it's good fun it's but and it's it, but it, it is refle- it, it's reflective of what's going on in our community right and you 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 present you know, multiple points of view and you give people in the mumble well no channel, I mean, I'm not trying to get you to do to that I'm not, I'm not trying to get you to do that what my what I'm trying to just say is like I'm not going yeah, out of my I, way to I'm, find I'm negative stuff. I'm not saying stuff. you're trying to. I'm saying it does. Uh, it's a matter yeah. of fact. But that, then do we just ignore know, it, could... though? Like, that's, how, that's tough, too. And that almost seems disingenuous. Sure. You know, that's where I struggled. Because, like, if we didn't talk about this... And, I, you know, Eric can attest to this. Uh, I was saying this morning on the Tech Talk Today pre-show, I really didn't want to talk about this today. Like, this right. isn't what I wanted our episode to be about. So, so I, I found I was, that... Um, sorry. Oh, it's so true. I was just going to say, so I found, I found that uh, when you go and you start looking at them and talk about super technical things, because a lot of people just aren't cynical and they aren't watching the show to hear super technical things. So the things that you have to talk about are the things that are kind of more and the things that they're really top, you know, something you want to talk about are mm-hmm. the things that are very polarizing. Mm-hmm. And these are the yeah. things that will make you say, I hate this or I love this. Right. And 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 where there's yeah. an and also I look for I look in our subreddit where there's a good like good debates on both sides like somebody's making a good case for one side and some and I'm like oh okay so there's obviously a spectrum of discussion to be had here and a lot of times you know with the good stuff it's just good and there's really nothing much to say but I do but I I guess bullet point though that I want to walk away from this little chat is I'm totally down to like focusing more on the positive stuff and to that end we've had discussions about maybe working in some more of the maker type stuff and some of the cool creations into this show and then graduating into last if it really seems to take traction and stuff like that so we've had some discussions internally about how to sort of introduce more of this is what's awesomely happening and let's talk about that but that for for a particular talk show format is a little trickier than you might think. I think instead of right, yeah. and and I I think it's it's good that you have multiple points of view. I think I think the whole this runs Linux, uh, you know, kind of thing is brilliant because it's a voyage of discovery for all of us, finding out all these machines that are randomly positioned right. around the world running <laughs> Linux. And but then you also need the counterpoint to that, which is you know the this you know German guy has decided that his 
City should not be running Linux, or mm-hmm. and let's discuss that. Or you know, these people That's, are being assholes. Let's discuss that. As and well. I think a I lot think of times that we talk about. I think a stuff. lot of times we come away debunking some stuff, not like the full on right. like, meaning of it, but like. Uh, we walked away from that, specifically the Germany thing, you know, kind of debunking what was happening there. And really, hey, it's not that big of a deal. The, the press is just kind of having some fun with this. Yeah, and I don't see that um, covering that stuff and discussing it as a, as a negative thing at all. I see that as a positive um, aspect, you know, talking about positive things. We turned that story on its head. But I was, I was almost certain that this is what would be discussed on today's show because mm-hmm. it, it's played so heavily all over the the internet right you've intuited this uh, the essential formula here <laughs> yeah but i i was i was unsure if it was a good idea to right. go with it though right. because right. i i mean steve or nichols really a, a shameful article that he yes. posted yes because he basically just used the names of the personalities and two other words and it was just horrible clickbait it's one of his and, worst in in a long time uh, and yeah I, I was really disappointed when i saw it yes but also i was concerned that because this show has a platform that this would just further the um the dragging you know the linux community through the mud and uh, and all um well you know i was really us... worried about when we started or when the topic was announced because you know chris i would say that you know, the Jupiter Broadcasting and Linux Action Show and Linux Unplugged are the most popular Linux shows around. And remember, they are. we have a hive mind when it comes to our open source things. So when you kind of get negative, everybody gets negative because you have so much power in a way, you know, um, with power comes responsibility here. You're telling yeah, me I'm Spider-Man up in this shit, business? I don't yeah, think I so. <laughs> yeah, I know. I always wanted to say that, but it does no, suit the But look how I ended, here. honestly, but go back to how I ended Linux Unplugged here is it's, you know, it doesn't, you know, it's it's individually our choices. Yeah, whenever we get negative, everyone will. And when everyone kind of has a good time, the whole group has I'm a good time. I'm not sure that's the case. I think I think Chris does have, does have, uh, quite a platform here, but I don't think I don't think we have the hive mind that Heavens was saying. I don't think Whoa. plenty. I don't think everyone thinks. Oh, Chris says you know I he's think, a jerk. Not happen for he is a jerk. I think maybe I think, we're I think, I think, hold on. Of, oh, hold on. I think, I think there's com- a lot of people who who will react the other way to whatever Chris yes. says. We're conflating two things. So like sometimes in the mumble room, we'll get into a collective groove and kind of into a line of thinking. Yeah. But that but have no illusion. People listening <laughs> are not in that same collective groove at all yeah. in some cases, and oh, they will yeah, very much make off. their voice heard. Yeah, so it's, it, they get pissed off. Yeah, and, and honestly, I think we do a decent job of generally trying to stay out of that groove, but it does happen sometimes because, you know, points build upon each other and people start going, yeah, you know, that can happen. So it's – yeah. Uh, well, even last week, I mean, obviously we don't always stick to what Chris says because even last week me and Popey were arguing against what he was saying in the show. So. That's what we're here for. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I. So, anyways, uh, so you're not bitter uh, about that, are you? Ob- observations are taken, and I think you know. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, the community uh, uh, is. I hope people listening understand that it's not that we're trying to focus on the bad aspects. We're kind of it's this is therapy. We're trying to work. Uh, these are things Linux users are thinking about, and we're trying to work through it. And I hope more often than not, and I'm sure it doesn't happen all the time, but I hope more than it. More more times, I hope on average, we get it right. I hope on average we we walk away feeling a little bit better, having a better understanding, and maybe changing the the discussion a little bit for the better. Maybe.